0: Thank you for waiting. We're now boarding all passengers on No Blackout Dates Airlines. All aboard, No Blackout Dates to... Do- Wait, where the hell are we going? No Blackout Dates, zero Blackout Dates. Good to see you, good to see you. How you doing? Nothing, nothing, really and truly all day long like several of
1: think have enough humility to know that I would not be successful on Survivor.
0: I haven't showered. I have to be on camera. Can't talk to these people. And I have no phone service. So I'm like, what do I do?
2: Gas burning fireplaces are kind of like participation trophies. Welcome back to another episode
1: of No Blackout Dates. I'm Evan. I'm Tim. And Libby Vincic is our guest today. You know those... Uh, contests that you see online all the time to travel the world for free and you think there's no way people actually win these things well Libby did and it landed her a hosting gig on the Amazon Prime show local traveler in Thailand she was also on survivor so she's here to talk to us about that as well and really deal a blow to my self-esteem by making me realize I probably couldn't last two days on an island unless someone brought me pizza at least once a week.
2: Yeah, she has had quite the uptick in activity based on her leverage of one thing into the next. Like she was on Survivor, she took that experience, absolutely parlayed into into giving into getting onto local traveler in Thailand. Uh, She also owns a gym in the Nashville area and is very into teaching fitness. She's been Zoom fitnessing. In in fact, right before she got on with us, she was teaching an online fitness class. Uh, She went right from that into talking to us. So clearly a step down there. (laughs) But uh, other than that, she has a lot of exciting things going on that we're going to learn about today.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting to hear her perspective from... Um, both as a host of the local traveler show where she was pretty much dropped into Thailand uh, with very little instruction and had to stay with only locals. That was kind of the rule and the premise of the show and how she navigated that Um, as well as her experience on survivor um, how that's clearly changed her perspective on travel and how she travels and also allowed her to kind of mature as a person and be more independent. So that's really cool too. But I'm when I hear about these shows and especially survivor, I'm always curious, after our conversation with Libby, now what do you think? Which person do you think you would be if you were on a desert island? If you found yourself marooned with 16 other strangers and you had to take on a role, what do you think you would be? Would you be like the guy, the provider, the guy that catches all the fish, the guy that's that's kind of on the show trying to backstab everyone and lie? the one that's just weeping in the forest the whole time, just hoping that he gets rescued, which one would you be?
2: So I think I would be very similar to Libby and that I would be the person that is super friendly and gets along with everybody and is able to use my networking skills to survive and kind of helps in all the different aspects. Like I am by no means a master fisherman, but I would be totally down to go help the master fisherman. I am by no means a carpenter or Uh, 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 A chef, but I would be more than willing to put in the assistant duties necessary to make those things happen. I think that would be my key technique on the show. How about you?
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel like I would put in a good, honest effort at everything and I would arrive really enthusiastic thinking like, this is awesome. I'm going to like really prove myself. I'm going to build a, learn how to build a fire. I'm going to learn how to fish, learn how to build shelters. It's going to be sick. And then try after trying my hand at each of those things realized I have absolutely no aptitude for any of it yeah but
2: it kind of circles back around because by being the person that helps with all of those things you kind of also become the person that everybody likes too much to vote off right so you kind of make yourself valuable in that way like everybody knows you Everybody likes you, or at least they don't hate you. And so you're able to kind of survive because of that.
1: Yeah, you don't want to be too good at any one thing because people don't like the person who shows up in the island and just kills it. You know, you're supposed to suffer together. You're supposed to be bonding over the hardship, uh, I mean, which just lucky for me because not only am I not good at any one thing, I'm not good at any
2: dozens of things. And you've got to learn how to walk that fine line because if you're too nice and you you suck up, people are going to start to think that you're the backstabber. Like you're just trying to do this, trying to get in with everybody, and then you're going to turn around and throw it back in their face. So you've got to learn how to actually meander between the tribes, kind of like a diplomat.
1: Would you be an honest player, do you think? Or would you be lying left and right to get the million bucks? It's a million bucks, Tim.
2: I think I would be honest to a point. I wouldn't say that I would be completely honest. In fact, I actually really liked when Libby said that she wasn't always, uh, uh, she wasn't a liar, but she she did what she needed to do, you know? And I, I think that's what you w- would need to do. I think that's what I would do, partly because I'm a terrible, terrible liar. Like I am not the type of person that has the patience or aptitude to keep up uh, something that's not true or to withhold truth. I am not that guy
1: practice this out right now tell me a, a lie like a bit not just something mundane like i have hair just say like <laughs> something that's really a lie that's gonna hit close to home
2: i was born in new york city and i very much vibe with the east coast mentality
1: dude i 100 percent believed every word you just said
2: even while looking at the smile on my face while i told it
1: And and that's knowing that those are those two things are like the absolute antithesis of who you are yeah. I, I don't know, Tim. I think if you practice, I think if you really put your mind to it, I think you have a future in lying. Maybe you should just stick to the fishing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have a better chance of becoming a a fisherman, uh, like, a, like a competent fisherman than a, a liar, I would say.
1: All right. Well, we were not lying when we said we had a good episode today. We're going to talk to Libby about all things Thailand, all things Survivor. We even deep dive into PB&J sandwiches, you know, all the important stuff. Libby's coming up next.
2: Okay. We're here with Libby, Libby Vincic. Is that Did I pronounce that correctly?
1: Vinchek,
2: right? Vinchek. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Libby is, uh, I, I would, i what, how would you describe yourself? Because you're like a TV star. You're like all over the world doing stuff all the time. I know you lead workouts and do all these kinds of crazy things. So what if you had to summarize your job title in one couple of words, what would it be?
0: fitness trainer and travel enthusiast, slash castaway.
1: Castaway, what a resume builder.
0: Castaway, I I mean right now all I really do is um, I run the F45 that's here in Midtown Nashville and working on a few locations here and until we can travel like we used to, that's kind of my priority right now, it's my baby.
2: So we, We were introduced, oh, probably a year and a half ago, maybe a little more now by a mutual friend, uh, Alex Boylan, who we just had on the show a few weeks ago. And at the time, you had won a contest to be on his show, The Local Traveler in Thailand. I want to hear a little bit more about how you actually entered and won the spot on that show.
0: Gosh, yeah. Well, I saw a lot of ads on Facebook, on Instagram. My friend said that she was going to go for it. And I did not know Alex or anyone connected with this. And I was like, that is literally my dream job. Like I want to be a travel show host and that's all I've ever wanted to do. And traveling and living with locals is what I literally wrote in my journal. Like I want to show people lives. Like I was like this, I have to have this. I need to figure out a way to do this. And my friend was also auditioning and she was, um more of like the professional speaker in a sense. And I was just like, hey, I'm Libby and I was on Survivor. (laughs) And so but I think that also moving from a small town in Texas allowed me to have more of an advantage in the sense of what that show was about. It was about coming down to the locals level and telling their stories and really living like locals. And um, I, I made a joke in my last part of the audition and I was like, I moved to LA and my, I took my dad to get Thai food and he was like, so Libby, let me get this straight. I just want to make sure Thai food comes from Thailand. Right. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, my small town farmer, cow rancher, dad doesn't even know where Thai food comes from. So I was like, that, that means that I need to tell my story. Like I, I need to travel and go out there and see these people. And I think that also being on survivor and able to really survive off of nothing. And like, that was what we, I had to do with a lot of these locals was live in like a really small hut or, you know, sleep on the floor and, um, you know, just do all of the really hard things. It wasn't like a glamorous trip. So I think that they appreciated that as well.
1: Do you think they were looking for someone who was easily adaptable or ma- someone more maybe like your dad who was going to show up and be funny and like, this is where Thai food comes from, huh? Like someone who's a little more shocked by the culture because you seem to acclimate pretty easily.
0: Right. That is definitely something I would say they were looking for someone more adaptable. I I think that they wanted to show where we were and the ability to travel around Thailand just by connecting to people. And I think that if it was someone who wasn't easily adaptable, it would be a bit more distracting in a sense of not really being able to tell the story of these locals.
1: So for, for people who don't know the show that just do a basic summary of what the show is or was, it's basically, they dropped you in Thailand with some very basic instructions on people to, to meet up with people to find. And you had, it was kind of on you then to connect those dots
0: right exactly find your
1: way to these places and staying only with locals that's kind of the the catch to the show is you were
0: yeah
1: an american visiting thailand staying only with local people and immersing yourself in local culture right
0: well ultimately this was for thailand insider and amazing thailand so we wanted to show these the parts that this tourism company wanted to show that wasn't just local places that you know people would always travel to in thailand right like they wanted to show hey look at this area look at Sakon khan what can you see there bring more tourists to the rural sides of thailand so i think what we needed were people that were willing to allow me to stay in their home and in the parts that they wanted to show off in thailand that are like hidden gems so i think that that's how they were able to piece it together. And I think that Thailand's such a beautiful country full of such amazing people that it, like the other, like the coffee farms and the tie-dye farms, those get just lost in the hustle and bustle that really make Thailand what it is.
2: How kind of off the cuff was the actual experience there? Was it pretty well scripted or was it kind of, you never know where you're going to end up at the end of the day?
0: I really didn't know. I was... They were going to just allow me to figure it out. They knew where we were going. I think that it was so much more fun and it was more of a learning experience for me to be able to just figure it out. I definitely, not that I can speak it now, but while I was there, really could understand their language after, after hard to figure it out and hearing the producers chat and knowing like what, mean, what meant right, what meant left. Who I was looking for? What is your name? How are you? Thank you. Goodbye. Like, I needed to figure all of that out on my own. They did not. They did not teach me, and they didn't want me to learn Thai before I was out there. So, I think that that was one of my favorite parts. I remember whenever I was in uh, meeting monks, and I was trying to find candy in May Hong Son. I think is what it was, or it was the city before that. Anyways, I was looking at my camera, guys, Z, and I was like, Z. Like, help me, where are we going? And He just was like, where are you? I don't know, it's dark. He's running away from me. I don't know where I'm going. These guys, like, I can't look at them in the eye. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he was like, you gotta figure it out. And I was like, oh
1: no. Were there any moments though that were low points for you? Like what sucked from filming the show? Cause on these things you always see the, all of the highlights, all of the, you know, where you're your sm- big smile for like 95% of the show. So what what were some moments they didn't show that you were a little like like this is tough like this is hard?
0: Well, I think that there were parts like I mean, not really being able to shower, mm-hmm. like the bugs were pretty tough. Like I had to make sure that I was always spraying. Like if I if I had mosquito bites, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't itch these. Like this is going to be really hard. Or you know, like the language barrier. I mean, that is really tough. Whenever I want to really get to know someone, you want to talk to them. And it takes you an hour to just talk about something very simple. You're learning a lot, but it is kind of frustrating because I'm like, I don't have much time and I haven't showered. I have to be on camera. I can't talk to these people and I have no phone service. So I'm like, what do I do? And it brought me to what you're supposed to appreciate the most. So those low points, I did smile through them because I was like, Like I'm figuring it out. Like I am doing this. I know that a lot of people might think that, oh, like it was fake, like blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it was it was tough. It was like a learning experience. And I got to really bond over those people that then I know that I'll never really see again.
2: Were there any kind of awkward moments where there was, oh, here's this blonde American girl with a camera following her around? Like what is going on here?
0: I mean, we we're doing the big production, the big dance. There were there were like 50 cameras everywhere. And um, I was the only American, or there were two other Americans I saw. So, But I was the only blonde woman dancing in this dance. And everybody was just like, who is this girl? Who is this girl? It was one of those things where I was just like, okay, don't mess up. Whatever you do, don't trip, don't mess up. Learn the <laughs> dance, remember the dance. Like, I remember when I was with these women, and their fingers, they've been doing these dances for so long that when they bring their fingers, their fingers roll all the way back. And the the mom that I was staying with was like treating me like her daughter. Like She was in it to win it. Like she was like, you are mine and I am going to train you. And she brought my fingers back. She was like, bend your fingers. And I was like, my fingers don't bend like that.
1: I don't like these like thousands of people. They're gonna notice if this one girl's fingers aren't quite at the angle they need to be.
0: (laughs) And theirs are like all the way back, like the, like this. And I'm, I'm just like, there's no way. We did get to do something also super funny where um, we went to, the night before, we went to a vegetable queen pageant and all of the contestants uh, had to dress in or make dresses out of vegetables.
1: That sounds like something they do in rural Texas. Honestly,
0: I mean, I would oh,
1: right have- at home.
0: <laughs> yes, I wish they all could have seen that.
1: Getting back to the uh, how you got the the gig in the first place, the audition. Is was it an audition tape? Because I think people see. We write a Matador about these kind of contests a lot about like, oh, you can get, you can travel. So and so is looking for someone to travel for free here and here, and it's so always submit an audition tape. What goes into like an audition tape or a submission that actually helps you stand out in these things?
0: Well, um, oh, yeah, my mom's here. She's hey, here. She
1: didn't bring her in, she can join if she wants.
0: <laughs> um, and my dog, he's sitting on his heated blanket. Um, so the audition tape was a one minute tape. It couldn't be any longer than a minute. And so what I did was like think, okay, why would they want me? Who am I? What have I done? Hi, like pick me, I need it. I'm from a small town. Like I, I like can't remember exactly how long it needed to be, but I did have to submit a tape. And I had just moved to LA because I was working for a Hallmark show, and so I wanted. That was like another thing that I that I just was like, this is awesome. But I knew the Thailand trip. I was like, I came out here for this. Like though you didn't need to live in LA, I needed to. I needed to be there to in order to get that. I felt like the people around me. The, even my dad's joke, like, I feel like they probably wouldn't have even remembered if, if I didn't have my dad's joke. And if I didn't move to LA, he wouldn't have gone to food. you know?
1: There you go. There we go. Full circle. And how did that compare to your survivor audition tape? Oh God. If if you had a survivor audition tape.
0: I did have a survivor audition tape. It is hidden and nobody can see. That
1: one, no one can see.
0: (laughs) No way. That one was so funny. I just had to really piece everything like blow it up like i'm from a small town i worked at a barbecue place like i threw in more of a southern accent i was just like
1: i was gonna say that you like put on a southern accent Yeah,
0: yeah and like i mean i talked about my disney job and i talked about everything i would say that the thailand i really believe that all things happen for a reason and that one I submitted the tape and I just kept doing really well on my Skype interviews that, um, that that made it, that I just knew that job was meant for me. Survivor, I was like fighting tooth and nail. I was like, no, 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 I'm not too nice. I can do this. Don't put me out now. Like things that they were like, I don't think you can do this. And I just be like, whoa, 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 back up.
1: Is it brutal to like watch the show knowing that you get v- voted out at a certain point and thinking like, this is what I should have done differently. I shouldn't have said that. I should have like allied with that guy, not him, like that kind of thing.
0: Yes. Yes. It is very tough to watch yourself make decisions that you really, re- like not necessarily regret, but know you could have done something different and it would have turned out in such a different way. Like you're watching it happen and you're like, don't, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my mind.
1: It's like watching a horror movie that you've seen before. And you know that guy's going to get killed when he goes into the shed, but you're thinking like, maybe this time
0: he won't do it. <laughs> Wait to see what happens, guys. This time it will change.
2: So you had an overall positive experience with Survivor though. It was like, I, I have a, I mean, I'm sure you hear this a million times, but I have a friend who, you know, thinks he's going to get on Survivor, wants to get on Survival. His girl is in PR and she's trying to help him get on. So I, but I, I'm always curious about the overall experience that people have with these, especially years later.
0: Oh, I definitely would say I I am very lucky to have had a positive experience with it. I know that a, even a few of my um, my friends who are on my season would never go back on. They're like not even on social media, or if they are, they're like like don't associate me with the show anymore. Like people like that. I am so grateful that I'm not like, I'm probably like, I would be proud to go to any of the reality rallies and meet people though. Yeah, I got voted out. I learned my lesson totally except that my time on the Island was my time. And, and I, I appreciated it. I learned from it. I want to play again. And if it sucks the second time around, it sucks. But like, I mean, it's your game and like, you really can't control everybody in the game. It still sucks when you get voted out.
1: Is it as brutal as it seems, or is it less brutal conditions wise? because uh, in those early seasons, they seem to show people like literally just malnourished, they like can't eat, they have to drink like dirty water. and it seems a little bit less grueling uh, nowadays. but what's like from your experience, how is that? That's something you would do all over again? It's nothing you can't handle. it's It's no big deal
0: i did i lost 13 14 pounds in 25 days and yeah like you're hungry and then you get to that point where like you're just like i'm not hungry anymore like i just
1: you get used to starving
0: yeah i think that it definitely affect my challenge um my challenge performances and if it were to get to a like if it were in a different location like i remember talking to burton about his adventure on survivor and his experience and he had like 60 or so mosquito bites on his back like that I never experienced I had like two spider bites that didn't grow and I had like a few ant bites but like 60 mosquito bites on my back I would I think I would just like go mental so I can't really say that mine was very tough and I would do it again and if it was harder I would appreciate it more and I think they're they're always going to have medical staff on there and that's the thing that I love about Survivor is that they push you to that limit where like you think you can't go anymore but you're checked and you're given an okay and you're like, wow, I thought that I hit my limit and I guess I could still go more.
1: It gives you like a sense of confidence and fulfillment, I guess, if you can make it through that even like 10, 20 days on the island and be like, I can actually do this because I'll watch it and think like, This would be such a fun game to play. And like for like a second, I'll be like, I could do that. And then I think like, you know what? After like five days, all you're eating is like rice and like whatever random shit you find in the forest. Yeah. I I think I would tap out. Like, I just think I would tap out and I don't know. But if I was out there, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. You never know until you do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, also like you start to lose weight, you get tan. You don't have to pick out what clothes you're (laughs) going to wear. You're just like, I am an animal. Like might as well try and win some money while I'm at it. Right. Like I, and I also, I think that kind of like learning how to survive out there, you just have so much, not only respect for yourself, but others get that respect for you. And you've like, you carry that throughout everything else you do, you know, like in any job you have. So I think that you use it to your advantage.
2: I was going to lead that into trust with the relationships. Does, does being on a show like that and local traveler as well, I would say, Does that kind of give you a new perspective on what you can expect from people that you're just meeting and whether or not you can trust them?
1: It seems to me that the game is so strategically driven now that, and you never know, it's all about like trust and who you can trust and who you can not trust and who you, who's might backstab you, that when you then live that as your reality in this isolated area for so long, even if it's just for like 20 days, and then you go back to the real world, it's like... I always wonder if people take that with them—that that mistrust or that suspicion or
0: paranoia. I think after Survivor, I did become more of one of those. Like I'm always up for like uh, having lots of friends and you know going out, but post Survivor and post watching Survivor was when I really started to take care of myself a little bit more in the sense of building relationships and knowing if these relationships really matter, not building that bond of a friendship that i would do if i was younger you know you want to be friends with everybody and you want to make sure that everybody loves you and after that i was like you know what like i really don't care if everybody loves you or not i'm just gonna be nice to people and really care about the people that i need to care about and spend my time wisely with them
1: right so the game kind of caused you to self-examine the content of your existing friendships
0: yeah be more and be more attentive and yeah, build relationships with intention.
1: Yeah, cool. The, as a viewer, the show and the, the show is just so beautiful with the tropical setting and everything. It looks like paradise, but then I think that the people who are actually having to live it are numb to that beauty after having to wake up on the sand for like fifteen nights in a row. Do you do you do you get to just sit and appreciate the landscape, or are you like over it by day three?
0: there were times where we really did. I like, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't distracted by it because it is so beautiful. And you just want to just be like, wow, let's just enjoy this. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just sit and relax, watch the sunset. Like there were a few nights that we did that, like after the merge, Um, we definitely all did that together. We were like, let's just take this time to just chill for a little bit. And then we did that, um, I did that with james and laurel and donathan like the first night that we that we changed tribes um i did that a lot on my own like either in the morning or just like on days where we didn't have a challenge we didn't know what to do it was mm-hmm. just really easy to just like kind of take like at least what i thought would be an hour but you have no concept of time when you're out. just like sit and just kind of like think about my game think about who I'm talking to, what I've said to people, how I've acted, you know, Fiji is such a special place. And I'm really grateful that like, we are able to, you know, feel like we are on survivor at the same time, feel like we're in paradise. I think that's a lucky, lucky spot to be on.
1: Were you one of those people who were like, I'm going to do this with integrity and honesty the whole time. I'm not going to lie once like, or were you going into it thinking like, I'll backstab, I'll do what I have to do.
0: Yeah. I know that I went into it making sure that i was going to i knew that i was going to backstab i knew i was going to have to lie like that's no question but i knew that there would be a lot of younger boys and girls watching this looking up to some of us players and i wanted to make sure that if my daughter was watching me play that she would watch in a more proud way and knowing that oh she's a good player like if she lied she lied with intention if she was backstabbing someone because it was with her alliance that she was making trying to get them to the next step it wasn't because i'm going to flirt my way all the way through
1: right to parlay the, the survivor experience to travel again it, it seems that after going through something like that you would it would change maybe how you travel a little bit and maybe making you feel more self-sufficient or okay with solo travel did survivor change how you travel or your outlook on travel?
0: Definitely changed my outlook on travel. It I had a lot of time to reflect, but also like I just became someone so brave and so adventurous after that, that I wanted to do anything and everything like I knew that after Survivor, I was able to conquer things that like old Libby would never even think to do and but that really, it gave me more of an open mind, if anything. It made me want to know that this was possible to do. Or if I went to this country, I could go and do this, and I wouldn't be afraid to do it. And if I didn't have a hotel, whatever, like backpack, I can do that.
1: Feeling that you could figure out things on your own as you went. Like yeah. Did you travel a lot by yourself, like pre-survivor? Or?
0: I, I traveled a little bit by myself. I was more like very comfortable in airports and very... Um, Uh, self-sufficient when it came to booking travel or doing things like that um and going on trips and just you know spontaneous but it was very commercial travel you know just like oh yeah let's go here and let's go stay in a hotel cool fun no this is like now i'm like no, let's go to Costa Rica. Let's go to Thailand. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's do this. Like, I want to do it all. Now and-
1: your friends are like, unless Libby's going to a beach and eating bugs and staying in a like t- a t- shelter she made herself,
2: it's like, she doesn't want to travel with us. Yeah. What is your go-to airport food?
0: Ooh, yes. I was thinking about this. Okay. First of all, Tokyo airport sushi. I was like, this is so good. Can I stay here for like a few more hours and eat more sushi? That was amazing. I um uh, I usually grab a smoothie because I like want to like have something that I can like have by my side. But then I also almost always do either like a Moe's Chipotle stir fry thing. Almost always if I have a longer layover because it takes longer to eat and it just like I don't like something that's super quick because I love to eat so. I need a longer time to enjoy it so like nuggets from chick-fil-a just aren't gonna do it for me
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna make the argument for it's called grandma's pb and j and i've only seen it in the detroit airport but it's literally like a like subway but only for pb and j so there's a million different kinds of peanut butters a million different kinds of breads and uh jams and you can like mix and match there's a ton of like weird toppings and I think a j is like the perfect airport food because it's it's like kind of light, it's not super heavy before you get on a plane, right. But it's filling and it's like it reminds you of home, reminds you of your childhood. It's just it's the perfect. Can you
0: get the bread toasted?
1: I oh I'm sure you can. Yeah.
0: Okay. Listen, I, I that was my first win was a PB and J sandwich. And on Ponderosa, they were like, "What do you want to eat?" And I was like, "A toasted peanut butter sandwich. That's all I want." Very like-
1: simple taste, just toasted peanut butter sandwich. I
0: don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I and every time I go to an airport, I look for that Granny's PB and J, and I've never seen it since. Only in Detroit,
2: but shout out to the Detroit airport, I guess. Actually, yes, the other thing about it. the Detroit airport that's awesome is they have that that Motown history exhibit.
1: The two the two top reasons to go to Detroit
2: now: the, the PB and J is and the Motown.
0: I need to go to Detroit now.
2: Anyway, Libby, uh, what, one more here and then we'll move into our, our listener question segment. What else is coming up? What are you working on now? Where can people find you?
0: Um, right now I'm working on our F forty five. We're working on a second location. Super excited about it. Building that community and building um, and growing our gyms here in Nashville. I am also, you know, still talking to Alex and hoping that we can plan another documentary soon. Just to do some more traveling, that's definitely on the agenda. I love what Alex posted, was saying. I think my my passport thinks I'm in jail because we haven't traveled.
1: I saw that, yeah.
0: And I was like, you nailed it. That's what my passport thinks, and I like have so many places on my list to do. So I am just working as much as I can here, and can't wait to get back out and travel more.
2: Well, we have a segment here where we have a listener submit a question. That's generally pretty on topic to the guest. Uh, this, this question is from Jen in California. She says, after so much travel, are there any circumstances that you would say no to?
0: Um, okay. Any circumstances that I would say no to, I think that I, if it's for a long period of time and not much exploring just staying in one spot for a while, I don't know. I think that that I think that I'm more. If if it was a travel job, I would have to like keep exploring the whole time.
1: Are you like a resort person? So would you do like an all inclusive Mexico resort where you just stay on the property like the entire week?
0: Oh, I've definitely done that. But
1: like, if you could choose, right? But if it's like between that and a more like backpacking through. Uh, Belize trip, like would you do the chill, sit by the pool and do the swim-up margarita bar or would you do the backpacking through the jungle trip?
0: Backpacking through the jungle trip. That's kind of an easy one. I think the only reason why I would do a resort one is if it's like a really good deal and I really just need some time to relax. Like, let me take a breather, but I would always choose that backpacking and Belize trip.
1: Yeah, I totally get why people like resorts. Everything's taken care of. You can just chill and relax. And if you just need a mental health break, it's a perfect vacation. But as a as a brand at matador we're just always like no man why why go to a resort where you can cut your way through the
2: jungle with a machete
0: yeah yeah
2: cool well thank you so much for uh for coming on Livy. it's great to talk to you
0: oh my gosh yes thank you guys so much for having me that was so much fun and i love reflecting back on all of those pictures so cool and i can't wait to keep up with you all definitely let you guys know if i get back on back on a plane
1: yeah hopefully we all will soon
0: yeah
2: okay hot takes time evan uh, you're going first this week question number one what would be your ideal location to work from
1: uh that'd be home tim is that is that how you're looking for?
2: <laughs> well, where where yes, but where is that home? Like if
1: you could, if you I know what you mean. Um, if I could be working from anywhere right now, um, I, the, my ideal place I think is this hotel that I used to work from all the time in Newburyport, where and I've talked about this on the previous episode, where I became like fr- I walked in one day because all the uh, coffee shops close at eight uh, o'clock or nine o'clock in Newburyport, like latest, and I would want to like do some work later and I, and not be like around my roommates and stuff. So I wandered into this hotel that's open 24 hours, real nice, like historic property. And I asked the woman, I was like, Hey, like I live right up the street, looking for just a quiet place to do some work. I'm just going to sit here and be on my laptop for like an hour and a half. Is that chill? She was like, yeah, it's fine. And then me and her like became friends and she would like cook me food all the time and like bring me cookies while I was sitting there. So, that was the thing I did like four nights a week. And that's probably my ideal work location. Cause there was this beautiful lobby of like a nice historic hotel. This woman just like making me food and cookies and shitting on the guests when they had checked in and gone into the elevator and it was just great. It was fun. That's awesome.
2: Okay. My next question is kind of built off of a few of our last episodes. We've had now uh, at least two pretty solid TV personalities on the show uh, of late. And it's got me thinking, if you, Eben, were going to be on one of these reality TV travel shows, which one would you be most successful on?
1: Oh, so we're talking like Survivor, Amazing Race yeah. type thing. Uh, so Amazing Race, 100%. I, I enjoy watching Survivor way more. Um, I'm a much bigger Survivor fan. I've only seen like two seasons of The Amazing Race. But I I think have enough humility to know that I would not be successful on Survivor. I would love the social aspect, but... I just don't. I have no wilderness skills. I can't make fire. I can't. I'm not. I eat a lot. Like I eat six meals a day. Like I I don't think I could survive on whatever it is they have to survive on. Like I think I would just end up bitching out after like the seventh day. I don't know. As much as I would like to think that I wouldn't, I think I would. Whereas Amazing Race, I I haven't seen it recently, but the ones that the the earlier seasons were the ones I'm familiar with. It seems like a blast. It seems like even if you get kicked off halfway through or if you lose halfway through, you still seen like three continents. So that's like, that's, that's a great consolation prize. Um, I think I'm given our job, I'm pretty good at traveling and travel hacks and getting places like efficiently and like navigating airports and communicating with people when I don't speak the language. So I think I would need a good partner though. That's the key to amazing race. So, I don't know. Do you think we would be good travel partners? We've never really traveled together. So I don't know. I don't know. It's tough.
2: Yeah. We've never traveled from location to location together, unless you count LA to San Diego, but if we were just in an Uber, (laughs) but you know, I, I was thinking amazing race for me too. The one thing I, I don't think I would do well at with amazing race is the constant rushing around. Like, I think I would get burned out on that relatively quick, but I think I could do it. And I think that at this point, I'm experienced enough, like you said, dealing with the logistics of travel that that part of that, that part of it wouldn't stress me out so much. It would be more than just like constantly needing to get my taxi in front of the other taxi or like get on that first train and not the, the, the train four minutes later. Like that that's the kind of stuff that that that. Frustrates me with with when I'm traveling with certain people that are always in a rush.
1: Maybe we wouldn't be good partners then, because what you just described is very much, I think, a Colorado or West Coast chill mindset. Whereas I'm much more urgent when I travel, which might be a New England quality. Um, that's kind of always how I am. I'll relax when I get to the place, you know. On route though, when I'm going there, I get a little thrill out of catching the train that's 0.5 seconds ahead of the next train, or Getting in the security line that's ever so slightly faster, you know, kind of turning the whole process into a game is, is fun for me. Probably means if we were partners, you end up hating my guts by the end of it.
2: Well, maybe, maybe that uh, one of these episodes or maybe this show as a whole will eventually someday serve as our audition tape for the Amazing Race. Interesting note about Amazing Race, actually. Uh, when I was watching it the other day before we had Alex on the show, my wife, Alicia, who was in the Peace Corps, told me that they do not allow return Peace Corps volunteers to be on the amazing race because they think they would kick everybody's ass.
1: Right. I think that would probably keep me from doing it in the first place, honestly. Because, I mean, how would it look if two travel writers who were supposed to kind of do this for a living lost to two, I don't know, like uh, farmers from Texas who have never left Texas? And inevitably, we would lose to them, Tim. Right. So, and (laughs) and, and everyone would be, be rooting against us. No one would want us to win. Everyone wants the underdog to win. Everyone would want the farmers to win. So I think we would Im- immediately just be villains, also.
2: It'd be a make or break career move for us for sure. I know.
1: And then if we yeah, then if we didn't win, Nando would just fire us for being absolute frauds. So it's really it's really lose lose.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I got this week.
1: So my first question is
2: <laughs> starting off with a real random one today, Tim. Our gas fireplaces bullshit. You know, I think about this every time I'm in front of a gas fireplace. I'm always like, man, like I'm really enjoying this fireplace. But is this a fraudulent experience that I'm having right now? Because it's not really a fire. Right. It's like you, you feel cozy. You get that like that feeling
1: that you need and you're looking for. But then you're like, I've been I've been deceived. I've been had
2: by this gas fireplace. It's not real. It is nice to go to a place and like check in and then sit down and turn the fireplace on.
1: I mean, the fire experience right, is about putting the logs on, getting the flame going, tending to it. Like a real fire makes you work for it. You enjoy it more because you have a sense of accomplishment, right? A gas fireplace is like riding a bike with training wheels, not even training wheels. It's just like watching someone ride a bike on TV.
2: Gas burning fireplaces are kind of like participation trophies, right? Like everybody can do it. But the thing about an actual fireplace is you have to sit there and actually make the fire. And when your friends or family are around, there's like that added pressure. Like, oh, I hope I don't mess this up. I I'm really good at starting a fire. I swear. I better get it going right now. And it better not take me 20 minutes to get this fire going.
1: Yeah. What is this like the burning bush from the Bible? Right. You, right. you can bet if Moses got that fire going himself story would have turned out a whole lot differently. <laughs> he, he'd be bragging about that shit to the other uh, Israelites so much that they wouldn't last one year wandering the desert with that guy, let alone 40 years.
2: You get the fire going and then you immediately sit down next to your friend and start talking about like your next most badass story of being out in the wilderness. Cause you, you're really feeling good about yourself just then.
1: All right. Good talk on fireplaces. Next question. Uh, <laughs> is, is it bullshit to move to a new place and start speaking with an accent? So this question is inspired by uh, a girl I went to high school with who went to college in Canada. Oh, eh. In um, Quebec.
2: What a cosmopolitan city that is. Yeah,
1: so cosmopolitan. But so she goes away, comes back for winter break, and I see her at a coffee shop, and she starts speaking in a French accent. She's gone for three months, if that, one semester. Comes back in like December and has an accent. How... I, I, I'm all for like, you know, adopting, uh, going, studying abroad and like, you know, using local words or like adopting local slang to try and like, you know, assimilate a little bit. I get that, but an accent, like altering your natural, the into, natural intonation of your voice.
2: Yeah. That's kind of,
1: that's a little much speaking in with, with the right intonation of or the right inflection on a foreign word that I can get behind. I, I can be convinced on that developing an accent after studying abroad for a a semester get out of here
2: yeah yeah i hear you I, i think they're i i don't know exactly where the line is that makes it like okay to do that but certainly one semester of college is not at the line yet
1: okay next question and last question are burgers a sandwich or have they transcended sandwiches we always get the is the hot dog a sandwich debate, but this is a different thing because a burger is not – cons- you don't call a burger a sandwich. You don't classify a burger a sandwich, but it is in pretty much every sense of the word a beef sandwich.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because if you're at a restaurant and you see the burger menu, but they also have other stuff like you could substitute a veggie patty or a chicken sandwich for that, it will say burgers, sandwiches, etc. cetera. But if they don't have any other options, it will just say burgers, you know. So I think that people don't really classify a burger as a sandwich, even though they should, because it is a sandwich.
1: Uh, When you think about it, yeah, they're beef sandwiches they have just dominated the sandwich industry so hard that they split off and made their own category.
2: I think that the the separating factor is that it's ground meat, right? So cuz you don't call a ground a ground turkey sandwich is called a turkey burger. It's not called a turkey sandwich because it's ground.
1: Interesting. I thought I was firm in
2: my take, but now I'm slowly
1: sort of evolving as we answer it right now. Um yeah, okay. So there so basically burgers though as a category assuming burgers sandwiches came first and burgers came second. I don't know what came what chicken or the egg kind of situation. But Burgers are the next evolution of sandwiches, would you say?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's or either that or it's a type of sandwich. Like, it's a burger sandwich. Like, we just dropped the word sandwich at the end.
1: Okay, but I don't know if that's... I don't think burger people would accept that. I think they would basically say, like, no, we are our own category. Get out of here with that.
2: But generally, like, I love sandwiches, but I don't really... I don't, like, go around talking about sandwiches.
1: Because there's a million different kinds, you know? It's kind of like chocolate people versus people who like all the other flavors of ice cream if you're a chocolate person you're like fuck everything else I, I refuse to try anything else like i'm only chocolate all the time that's it but if you're if you're like vanilla strawberry you know whatever you're a little more open-minded you're like oh, okay yeah, yeah chocolate's fine for those people but I, I prefer like one of the other thousand flavors out there same thing with sandwiches there's a million varieties of sandwiches that could be like your thing but if you're a burger person you are always a burger person and you will always get the burger whenever it's on that menu I don't know if you are like that or you know burger people. Like my my dad is like that. No, yeah, I, I know some burger people that are like that. Yeah, buddy, I travel with is always like that. If there's a burger on the menu anywhere we travel, he's always getting the burger. Doesn't matter if there's a thousand different kinds of sandwiches, he won't even look at it. It's burger all the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I am not a burger person in that way, but I, you know, I I know people that are. So
1: all right, well, glad we hashed that out. <laughs> really discussing some of the uh, 21st century's
2: most important and complex questions here you can let us know what you think about this by leaving us a review on apple we'd love to hear what you think and we'd love to hear what you uh think about survivor versus the amazing race i think that's a good conversation to have and thanks again to libby
1: for coming on be sure to check out local traveler in thailand on amazon prime we'll be back with yet another exciting show next week we'll catch you later